Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I've, I've, I've never asked this question before, but I'm going to ask it today. I just felt led to ask it today. Um, if there's anybody here today, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you hadn't been in church for a long, long time. Uh, just have not this church, any church in a long, if you, I just want to applaud you for coming to church. Is there anybody in here? Hold on, hold on, let's make sure there's somebody in there. Anybody in there, like, just stand up so we can go buck wild crazy celebrating you. Anybody in here today like that? You've never been in church. Just stand up. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Yeah. 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 Come on, give him a high five. Give him a high five. Give it, say thank you for being here. Come on, give him a high five for real. Tell him thank you for being here. Good God Almighty, you done come to church today. Praise the Lord. We're glad to see you. We've been praying for you. You didn't even know that, did you? We've been praying for you. And so you showed up because we prayed you into church. Praise the Lord, somebody. Good God Almighty. Anyway, uh, so thanks for being here, wherever you're coming from. Uh, um, I'm just honored that you're here. Anyways, I, I want to thank a couple people before we start. Um, we, have a, we, have a, we have a thing called OCC Soccer. Y'all, it's going buck wild crazy. We have seven. Hold on, don't clap yet. We, have, we, have, we had three teams last semester. This team, we have seven teams that are playing. Now, the reason we do it, hold on. Now, the reason we do it is because um, club soccer is trying to take over your kids. And we're trying to make sure that your kids still got Jesus inside of them. So, so instead of them going down the road to play for some other people, we said, why don't the church start their own league? And now we can, hold on. So we can go, we can go into Frisco and into Bikini and play their leagues and show them kids how to love Jesus and play soccer. Come on, somebody. Number two, um, We've got, I do not know of another church that does this, which is why I want you to really pray this weekend. We got four or five couples heading to the Oasis. The Oasis is where two people headed for divorce goes, and we pour into them with two professional counselors for the whole week. They have to stay overnight for five days, and then we pour into them and simply ask God to do a miracle. Will you join us, please, in praying for these five couples as they go to a retreat center, and we're going to pray for them. I do not know another church that fights for marriages like this one and that invests, which is what your tithes and offering goes, invest in marriages like this, five days, two uh, experienced counselors, about three or four uh, volunteers that serve all, give up their time, their job, everything, to serve all week to fight for marriages. Will you help me thank them, everybody? Come on. And then lastly, as uh, Pastor Z said earlier, I need all of y'all, all of y'all to serve. We can't do it without, on, without you on Easter, so we need you. So you have a card in front of you, go and fill it out. Say, I'm going to serve one time, only one time, Easter. And then whether it's in our new campus, we're starting in McKinney by the movie theaters off of 75 and, where's that, 75 and El Dorado. Just north of it on that side, we're going to start a campus over there so that everybody don't have to wait in line 30 minutes to come to church. And so tell us which uh, service you're going to. That's it. Enough commercials. Let's get started and let's pray. Is that all right? <laughs> uh, the only people that's going to have fun today is if you're here and you're not a Christian, you're going to have fun. But everybody else, you're not going to have fun. So let's pray and ask God to guide us in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather around your word. Uh, thank you for open hearts. Thank you for hearts that are hungry to hear from you. Um, God, will you, will you teach us a truth that's been there for, for centuries upon centuries, but we just haven't applied it. Will you teach us this revolutionary truth today in Jesus' name? Everybody said? Amen. Amen. By the way, did Jada do a good job last week declaring the Lord? If you weren't here last week, just go get it. I promise you, it will bless you and everybody attached to you if you just go listen to that. Um, but you do need to pray for me. She doesn't always want to teach, and so I have to use all my chips to make her teach. And so uh, whenever you see her, just tell her she should teach more often and help my family. Is that all right, everybody? Is that all right? All right. Um, but you don't have Jada today. You have me. So stand up. Let's read the word. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, look at what the title is, by the way. Read it with me, everybody. 
help did I quiet quit my A lot of you do quiet quit your job. Here's what you do. You do the beer minimum and do your side gig while they pay you crooks to do your side gig. Well, some of you do the same thing in your marriage. Let's talk about it. Now, but before we go there, I, I want to apologize because I think people in my position, pastors, um, we, we don't teach you the full truth of the word of God. We care so much about you liking us that we, we want you to be happy every time. Well, we're going to teach the truth today. That's not going to make you happy. But it's still the truth. So here we go. Um, I'm going to read it in the message translation first, which you're not going to like. Then I'm going to read it in the NASB, which you're not going to like. So let's see how it goes. Come on. Here we go. Um, um, wh wh by the way, stop. Don't look at it yet. Whenever you read a phrase that you're not doing, say, help me, Jesus. Ready, everybody? If you don't do it, say, help, Jesus. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, go ahead. Go back up there. Ready? Everybody, one, two, three. Love never gives up. Come, 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 come. Love cares more for others than for self. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Love doesn't want what it doesn't. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always. <laughs> Here we go. This is just for the men. This is just for the men. Doesn't fly off the. <laughs> this is just for the ladies. Doesn't. never prayed, God, I pray that everything they touch fails. <laughs> Here we go. Takes pleasure in the... Okay, now, the next phrase, don't look at it. Take it off, take it off, take it off. The next phrase I'm going to read... You're going to say to yourself, why is it so extreme? <laughs> and the only reason you think it's extreme is because you have tried to make American love God's love. It's the only reason you think it's extreme. Because we don't fully understand what God has done for us, we take American fairness love Western fairness love, and then we put it on God and say, God, that's how I'm going to love. Watch it now. Flip it back on. Here we go. Read this real loud, and let me hear what you're saying. Put up with anything. This side over here, they're real quiet. So I'm going to read it one more time. Everybody from here. Over here, in every campus, from here, over here, you stay quiet. I just want to hear my left, your right side. One more time. Put up with Okay, okay, okay. They, they're here, they're here, they're here. You know why you think it's extreme? Aren't you glad God puts up with all of your foolishness? He puts up with all of your mess and still comes running after you. But whenever somebody cross you one time, you'll be like, the devil is alive if you ever do that again. The devil is alive if you ever do that again. I promise you, you're going to do that again. My mama didn't raise no fool. I promise you, my mama didn't raise no fool. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, my daddy didn't raise no fool? 
You love to use phrases the world uses, and you call yourself a Christian. But God says, when I love, this is how I love, and that's how I want you to love. Come here, let's finish it. Come on, we got too much to do. Here we go. Um, tr- trust God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. Good God, stop right there. Never? Never looks back? Some of y'all look back 15 years. And in your phone, you have a file with the person's name on it. With all the infractions they've ever done. Aren't anybody in here glad that Jesus separates our sins as far as the east is from the west? Here we go. Last phrase. But keeps going to the... All right, next verse. Come on, let's go. Uh, regular translate. This is the message. This is the... In a, this is the holy one now. I, I'm, I'm, actually, that's not good. Don't say that. This is the word of God. Here we go. Uh, love is, love is, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Next verse. Um, the text then says, Wow. Thank you. Hold on. Let me start does not unbecoming, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, does not take into account. Next verse, this is where I'm going now. I'm going to this verse, and the next one is what I want to talk about for the rest of our time. He's simply saying, um, he's not defining the word love, he's shown you what it feels like and what it looks like when you love. Here's what he says. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the... Here we go. Whenever you have the opportunity to believe the best about somebody or to assume the worst about somebody, which one do you choose? Whenever Jada says to me, hey, bud, uh, I'm coming home at 6 o'clock, and at 6 o'clock she don't come, 6.30 she's not there, 7 o'clock she's not there, 8.30 she's not there, what am I then assuming? Am I assuming the best, or am I believing the worst? You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Here we go. Click, click, put your seatbelts on. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about in this whole series called Love Cycles is the habits you need for the love you want. The habits you need for the love you want. For way too long, we have had this habit of me first, and we expect the love like Christ has back in return. We don't give it, but we want it. And because of that, it has created an unhealthy environment for most marital situations. So today, by the way, singles, you better doggone listen to me today because I'm telling you, the only reason why I got to teach this is because nobody taught us earlier before we got married so we knew what to actually expect in marriage. Please listen to me, somebody, on today. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that before you got married, here's what you did. You had hopes. You had dreams and you had desires, hopes, dreams, and you had desires. You came down and you were like, man, this is so good. I live a great life. I love my life. And you have all these dreams that you're looking for. And you're trying to make sure you have the house you want and you have it in the neighborhood you want and in the schools that your kids go to. You try to make sure that, hey, man, I can't wait. I want, I want the right spouse. You're trying to make sure that you're looking in and you want the right cars. You're trying to make sure that you're looking in and you want to have the right vacation trips and you can't wait to go to, um, uh, yeah, wherever you want to go. Uh, 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 you, you're trying to make sure, and you have all this money that you want to have, right? So you have all of these, and listen, please, single people listen to me in the name of Jesus. And you have all these, and you bring in all of these, and, and you walk down the aisle, and you say, um, 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 I love you, and I will love you for the rest of my life in sickness and in health till death do us part. Listen, and what starts out as a desire, 
you now put it on your spouse's shoulders as an expectation. Listen to me. The problem with an expectation is it now becomes a burden for them. Listen. And if they don't get you all the stuff you want, now you get mad at them because they're not making your dreams and your desires come true. So what you actually do is you place and put them in the place of Jesus, your Savior. And now you say, Savior, meet all my needs. And if they don't, you get mad at them, you get frustrated at them, you get ticked off at them. Now they control your whole life when only Jesus should. Now what you do is you make your spouse control your hopes, your dreams, and your desires because you put the whole weight on them. And now they're looking like, I can't meet all of these needs. And, and you want a particular house, you don't get that, you mad. You want a particular car, you don't get that, you mad. You want a particular job, you don't get that, you mad. And now you start blaming the person for not giving you your hopes, your dreams, and your desires. That's the role God plays, not your spouse. God is the one that you should put in that position. But even when you put God in that position, what you're actually saying is, I can't be satisfied without the stuff in the box. Which means you're an accident waiting to happen. And you're a marital disaster waiting to happen. Because you're putting stuff on their shoulders and demanding that they make them come true. Now here's the problem. You don't do that out loud. You just have it in your heart. You don't say it out loud. You just have it in your heart. And you don't know where this bitterness and this anger comes from. But it comes from the fact that you put a demand on your spouse that they must come through. And when they don't, you go buck wild crazy because they did not. Let me show you where this comes from. Watch what the text says. Um, the text says in verse 6, um, you're either going to assume huh, the best or you're going to believe the worst. When it comes to trust, you're either going to say with me, assume the best or believe the worst. That's not everybody. Everybody get it. You're either going to assume the or you're going to the worst. Good. Now, in the context of trust, here's what he says. Next verse. He says, um, what I want you to do, which is what I did for you, is I want you to bear all things. I actually want you to believe all things. I actually, I want you to hope all things. And I want you to actually endure all things. Now, immediately, as soon as I say that, you go to the exception. As soon as I say it, you say, so you mean I should, somebody should be beating me up and I just stay there, believe it, hope it, endure it? No, nobody's saying that. But you, your mind goes there quickly because you want to find a way out so you don't have to practice the truth. Nobody's saying that. So let's declare it out loud to everybody here. So if somebody is beating you up, it is your assignment to put a boundary around yourself. Say, so you got to get up out of here and go get the help you need. But we're going to stay right here. We're going to love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, then you can come back. But I'm putting a boundary around me so you don't try to kill me in the process. Wrong with so, all I'm, so that's not what I'm talking about. But most people don't want to say it because then everybody's going to assume this person. I'm saying there are way too many Christians that still have not endured all things, believed all things, hope all things. And it don't have nothing to do with you getting beat up. What it has to do with is yours and mine self-centered. So why then is it that we don't love like Jesus Loves. Why is it that we don't love like that? Let me show you why. Go in your sermon notes quickly now and turn to the back of it and you're going to see a big circle. Go to it. Everybody see this? Uh, you have a test right now you have to take. Here's the question. If this pie represents all the problems in your marriage, what percent do you believe you're responsible for? Circle it on there. What percentage do you believe you, since the person is just a wicked old witch, since the person, they don't love nobody, including God, what, what percentage is your fault? 
Everybody circle it. Go circle it. Really, look at your baby. I'm circling right now. If you're single, come on now. A friend that you have, what percentage of it is your fault? It's a trick question, by the way. What percentage of it is your fault? Good. Now that you've circled one, look at your neighbor. Make sure they circled one. Did they circle one? They circle it. Good, 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 good. Okay, everybody look at me now. Look at Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Everybody look at me. Here we go. Whatever percentage you circled, listen, it is also the same amount of percentage that you have to ever be happy in life. Let me say that another way. You circle 1% and you are being very gracious because you really think it's all their fault. Then you have a 1% chance of ever being happy in that relationship. Why? Because you've given them all the power. You've made them the whole wicked person. And you have become the arrogant one that think you're godly. So because you don't realize, here we go now, that what God desires of us in any healthy relationship, listen to me now, in any healthy relationship, God says, I want you to give everything and I want you to expect nothing. Preach, Pastor. Let me say it again. I want you, here's what healthy people do. Healthy people say, I'm going to give everything to you and I'm not going to expect anything from you. One more time, this side didn't get it. I said, when you love like God loves you, he gives everything and he expects very little in return. You didn't have to do nothing to get saved except believe. Faith alone in Christ alone for the remission of your sins. He controls everything else, including your destination in heaven. He says, well, if you're going to love like me and abandon the American or Western kind of love, then that kind of love says, I give everything and I expect nothing. Single people, you look at me right now in the name of Jesus. This is why you don't go after nobody because they, they, they got big muscles. This is why you don't go after nobody because they got a cute hairstyle. This is why you don't go after nobody because they're wearing medium when they should wear extra large. This is why you don't go after nobody because they drive a nice car. This is why you don't go after nobody because they live in a big old house. This is why you look at what they've done in their past and you say, can this person give all of them and expect nothing in return? And the only way you know that is if they've done it in another area of their life. Oh, I'm preaching today. Single folk. Brothers, that's why you know I don't care how she looks. I don't care whether it's her here or not her here. I don't care. I'm saying make sure you're looking back and talk to one of their exes or talk to somebody and say, hey, is, was he um, was he or was she, were they, were, they, were they willing to give it all and expect nothing in return? Don't blame God on the other side of the equation. When in your desperation, you went after the external and not the internal. Because all they're going to do is squeeze the life out of you. Trying to make themselves happy and you depressed. I'm helping somebody today. Call him and break him up right now. Say, I'm done. In the name of Jesus, I have a calling to break up with you. Because you're too selfish. And it's only going to get worse. Can I get a witness, married people? So here we go. Come on. Let's see if we can get through this. So what am I trying to suggest? Um, go back to the first page now. Here's the problem with marriage, y'all. This is my thesis statement for this whole today's sermon. Here it is. Marriage will kill you before it blesses you. Write it down, quote it, put an asterisk beside it. Marriage will kill you before it blesses. So if you say, Pastor, I ain't feel blessed, that's because you haven't died yet. When you, hey, 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 hey. Jesus died for you, which is why you can have a blessed life. So he had to die so you can be blessed. Here's what he says marriage does. Marriage says, until you die to yourself, 
you ain't going to experience the blessings of Mary. What we got in this place is too many people walking around awake and alive in the flesh when God's asking you to live in the spirit. Hey, let me help you out now. Hey, bring it out here. Bring it out here. Bring my tombstone out here. So you just need to know, my goal today, as you exit today, was to give you all death certificates. But they told me, no, you done gone too far now. Mm -mm. I wanted to have caskets outside, and you put your death certificate on it, and you put it in the casket. I am dead so Jesus might live through me. But the staff looked at me. The staff looked at me and said, Pastor, we're in America. This ain't no island. You can't do that. So I followed their lead and did the best I could. I got a little tombstone here for you. So here's how this goes. Listen to me, everybody. It starts with my will. Am I willing to die to my will so that, so that my spouse gets everything and I expect nothing? The only way you can do it is if you die. By the way, there's somebody else that did that, the person you're trying to follow. Not my will, but thy will be done. Marriage says you're going to get blessed until you go through the process of dying. When you go through the process of saying, I exist to be a blessing to you and I expect nothing from you, you're still going through the killing process. Watch it now. Here's the big point. Here we go. So second thought then is, watch this now. Uh, take that off. Next one. Second thought then is, Christian, the Christian life requires that you die before you can really live. So Jesus says, what I need you to do is I want you to die so that I can live my life through you. So here's the problem. Whenever in your marriage you're not feeling blessed, it's because it is revealing to you that there's an indication that your relationship with God is not as good as you think it is. Ah, what's the third thought? Here we go. Here we go. Here's what it says. It simply says that the, the fact that you have not been blessed in your marriage is an indication that you have not died to Christ. In other words, we got too many people coming up in church talking about praise the name. Keep your praise and go love your spouse. Because it's showing you that you don't love God as much as you want to declare that you did. So you cannot quite quit your marriage and yet still talk about you praising God real hard and your wife standing beside you looking at you like, where is this person at home? Your husband looking like you, you. And your husband looking like. Did something happen when you walked through these doors? Because I don't know who you are now. And they're looking at you in marvel. People be thinking, oh, they're so in love. No, he's shocked. Because that's not the person at home. The person that come to church and serve and love God and, and is bowing down before God, they'll be like, you haven't even cracked your Bible open all week. <laughs> Listen, what it means is you won't give up your will in marriage because you are so in love with your old self. And so there's no way you can... You can say you love God, and yet still he don't show up in your marriage. The fact that you have not reached the blessing stage of marriage says that your vertical relationship with God is not that good. I don't care if you try to lie to yourself. I'm telling you, the way you know your relationship with God is good is that your relationship with others is also good. So if it's not good down here, it ain't good up there. Don't deceive yourself into thinking you walking with God and hating your spouse. We all right so far? I told you only, only, only non-Christians who don't have this standard is going to love this message. Because everybody else will be like, damn. 
So let's go. Come on, let's see if we can get through this. So then why do we quiet quit? What does quiet quit mean? Quiet quit simply means, watch this now, in the context of love and in the context of trust, it means that you do the absolute bare minimum. Jada last week talked about divorce, and some of you have decided, I'm not going to get divorced, but what I'm going to do, listen, is I'm going to partner with the devil and believe there's no hope for my spouse. No, why would you ever want to partner with the devil? I don't know. But you have agreed with him. That as far as your spouse is concerned, in this area of life, she or he is dead to you. And you don't even believe anymore. You don't even have hope anymore that it will get better. And you, you simply say, I'm, I'm doing the bare minimum. How do you know? And what does that look like? Here we go. Let's pick it up. <clears throat> Why do you get there? Because you feel unheard. Why do you get there? Because you're just in the wrong way. And you have convinced yourself, man, I just met the wrong person. I just wish I could get out. I just met the wrong person. I wish I could marry the right person. I even know who the right person is. And, uh, <laughs> do you see how crazy we are? We walk around thinking this all the time. I mean, if, 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 if God, if you ever give me another chance and take this one's life, I promise you, I know who it's going to be next. Do you quit tripping? I, it's the thoughts that go through your mind because you don't want to die. Who teaches us this? Who teaches us this? That you got to die before you can get the blessing. Quit putting yourself in the front seat. Get over and let Jesus drive. Come on, somebody. Here we go. So next, next you say, I feel consistently disrespected. She don't respect me. She don't respect me. She well, give her something to respect. Ladies, don't clap yet. I'm coming right back. Don't clap. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. <laughs> Remember the statement. You need to know how to clap. Remember the statement. I'm giving everything. And I expect nothing in return. To which y'all will say, Pastor, that's extreme. But what happened if you don't ever give me? Welcome to what Jesus did for you. But because you think whatever the love song that you like came from heaven, you think everything is fair and everything needs to be balanced. And I need to give a little bit. And when you move, I'll move. When you move, I'll move. I'm glad Jesus didn't say that. He moved when you were immovable and some of you are still immovable and he's still moving toward you and so you're he's not asking you to follow the world he's asking you to follow him and he says i'm giving it all i'm expecting very little from you watch it next here we go the last one says when you feel unloved and so you're whining at home i don't know anybody love me <laughs> anybody love me have you ever thought about you loving hold on hold on in the way the person wants to love? Not your way. In the person they want to be loved. And you ever thought about what would happen if you give what you want? It might come back to you, actually. Because the Bible actually says give, and the thing you give will come back to you. So if you want selflessness, then you give selflessness. If you want arrogance, then give arrogance. If you want argumentation, then give argumentation. But that's how it starts. So then how do I know if I have quiet quit? I'm giving the beer minimum. How do I know? Here we go. You check the ones that apply to you. If your spouse is beside you, check it mentally. Here we go. Um, here we go. Next one. Here's what it says. Here, here's the list of all of them that you're supposed to walk through. Here we go. You, you don't crave intimacy. They don't crave intimacy with you no more. You've quiet quit. They deliberately spend time apart. They've quiet quit. They, they, they're not interested in what you are up to. They don't even ask you what you're doing no more. They just say, do you? Uh, they don't bother to argue with you anymore. You remember when you used to give arguments and you used to come up with all the points because you were both educated and you started giving all the reasons why and it was fun. And you, oh my God, well, boo, I, got, I can one-up you. Hey. Today, yeah, hey, what do you think about it? Nothing. <laughs> hey, do you ever thought about, no. Anybody have no energy to waste with you? Quite quick. They are modeling a transactional marriage. Transactional. Okay. You do your part. I do my part. Here's the next one. Avoiding questions or concerning um, or answering questions. You don't even, you don't even, I, you, when you show up, my skin crawls. I, 
good. You see, when you're at home and the garage door open, you'll be like, <laughs> when they leave, you'll be like, <laughs> you've cried quick. Don't look at Jada, look at me. You, <laughs> anyways, you, you, seldom, you seldom praying together anymore. You don't even pray together. Here we go. Um, you have hidden bitterness, especially you introverts. You just hide it, and, and you're boiling and steaming on the inside. And you don't want to say nothing, but you want to say nothing, but you're introverted. And, you, and then one day, the dude show up, and the whole house is empty. You just left. He didn't even know. He says, I don't know why. We had a great marriage. And you just leave. Because you held on to the bitterness until you couldn't stand it no more. That means you've quite quit. Don't, don't, don't wait till it gets bad. Realize it now that you're partnering with the devil against your spouse. Let's go to, I got some more. Let's go to the next thing. Here we go. You stay in financial silence. Whatever you make, you spend. You ain't spending none of my money. I thought you were supposed to be one. That sounds like two to me. Yeah, Pastor, but I mean, you can talk all you want, your preacher. She'll spend all the money. Well, God says, hey, man, how, how do you come together and have a conversation? And if you can't anymore, then go get some help. There we go. That one made you quiet, so let's go. Uh, apathy. A lack of care or concern, not dreaming together with your spouse, doing the most, doing the mere minimum, the lack of attention and affection, the energy you used to give your spouse. I keep saying her, let's flip it so that the ladies don't think this sermon's for me. Yes, tell them. Right, let's flip it. The, the attention you used to give your husband, you don't give him no more. You know where it goes? To the kids. You know where it goes? To your job. You know where it goes? To your little sisterhood. They're, sorry, they're not little, they're not little. To your woman, to the other woman of God around you. You know where it goes? It goes everywhere else except where it used to go. You used to plan before he show up, and you used to have dinner cooked, and you used to all lay it out. Today, he ain't worthy of it. Hey, fellas, don't open your mouth right now. I'm just telling you. Stay quiet. Stay quiet. Talking about, yeah, cook, baby, cook. Just let the Holy Spirit use the word. Don't poison it. Don't pinch nobody. You're setting up the word to not take root. Just let the Holy Ghost use it. Here we go. I got one more. You're not in the word together. Ooh, I don't like this last one. And now one spouse goes to church and the other gets pulled to church. You ever see that? Wait, wait, wait. I ain't going to church. Oh, please, honey, come in, come to church. No, I ain't going to church. You'll get some later. Okay, I'm going to church. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, you're fine. You use all kind of weapons to get people to come to church. Turn the page over. Come on. Let's go. Let's go quickly. Come on. Come on. How did we get here? Let me show you how we got here. Watch it. The way you got here is because you started with unrealistic expectations. That's how you got here. You didn't have the right expectations. And then you start setting boundaries for disengage. You planning to disengage. Then you go to adjusting these priorities, so now your hobbies are more important, now your friends are more important, now the kids are more important, now your job's more important, now your 401k is more important, then you have emotional indifference, and then you have emotional divorce. But you're not going to a divorce, you want to stay in the realm of emotional. Watch this, why? Flip it over, let's go. Watch this, here's why, here's why, next one. Because it costs too much. I ain't going to divorce you, it costs too much. If I got to divorce you, I know two couples, and two, two couples in this church that spend over $200,000 on lawyer fees. Because you can't even talk to each other. All you have to do is go through a lawyer to talk to each other every time. 
and you look for debates all the time and fights all the time. Do you know how much we could do with that if you gave that to the church instead of to them lawyers? Just get healthy and then give it to the church. Uh, you, you're staying only for the kids. The shame is too great, so you're not going to get a divorce. The guilt is there. The, you, you, you get together because she does the administrative side, you the sales guy, and so the business of y'all's little LLC work right together, so we can't do it. We'll just do business together, like business partners. Um, you lose marital well. If I divorce, he's going to get all the friends, and I'm not going to get any, and I don't want that, so let me just stay. Quiet quit. Religion lets you do that. And then, here we go, family history. I'll never get a divorce because I saw what it did to my parents, and I ain't going to do it, and I promise you, and I'm, going, I'm just going to stay. And you're staying for all the wrong reasons. God says, what I want you to do is to love like me. That is, die to self so that you give all of you and expect nothing. You want a healthy relationship? Say it with me. You give all of you and expect nothing. The reason you hate that, the reason you, you're so mad right now, some of you, is because you say, well, 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 how can I give all of me and expect nothing? And the reason you're saying it is because every, here it is, here's why I'm saying it. The reason you're saying it is because all you can think of is your love. <laughs> you are defined by your American Western love and you will not change and you don't care many times you come to church you will not take these off because you are in love with your kind of love God invites you instead he says would you love with my kind of love please the Seder means God. Will you love with, will you love with my kind of, I, I'm teaching you that when you became a Christian, you're supposed to put away childish, self-centered things, and you're supposed to grow toward maturity so you can love. If you want the relationship that you want, the love that you so desire, then you have to love like I love, and then from you starting there, because I did it first, gave it to you, now what you need to, now give it to your spouse. Singles, listen to me. It's so much easier to practice this when you're not looking at the person every morning in bed. So practice it now, please. Go find somebody, and when you want to hate them, you love them. And when they do something that you don't like, you still love them. And you give, and then you expect nothing in return. It is, you have to train yourself in godliness to get here. You don't just wake up, snap your fingers, and you start loving like Jesus. Which is why the world laughs at us sometimes because the way you love is the way they love. The way they leave their marriages is the way we lead them, leave our marriages. And I'm saying, when, when, when's it going to look differently? So here's the conclusion, and then I'm done. Here it is. You have five of them to go up the stage. It starts with number one. Everybody read this out loud. Hold on to his life. Let go of yours. Say that with me twice. Hold on to. Let go of. Last time. Hold on to. Let go of. Here's all this means. That means you have to die. If you're not willing to die to get his life. So that he can live his life through you. Then you'll never be a candidate for a healthy relationship. Because you're going to always put yourself first. Always. So make and get into the habit of giving Expecting nothing in return. Giving, First Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to give, I expect nothing in return. Don't get mad at me, get mad at the scriptures. The reason, the reason we are like this is because people in my position don't preach the whole truth of the word of God. And they make us believe we're the stars. We're not the stars. He is the star. Which is why we look to him. Which is why we say, Jesus, will you help me to love like you love? It's the reason the world is in the chaos it is in. Because nobody is loving like Jesus modeled for us. And then we expect, well, why didn't you just do what we say? Who made you God? You have to let go of your life and embrace this. Here we go, number two. Come on, everybody. You have to hold on to your covenant and let go of the marriage you used to have. Say it with me again. Let, hold on to your and let go of the Jada talked about it last week. You have a covenantal relationship. When you walk down the aisle, you made a covenant 
to God. You hold on to that. Even when things are not the way you want it to be. And what do you do? You have to let go of the dream that you used to have. Oh my gosh, this is how it's going to be. It's not going to be that way. Hold on to God. Hold on to the covenant relationship that you made with him. And then watch him work it out for you. Number three, come on quickly. Number three says hold on to connections and let go of division. Whatever you can connect with her or him with, find them and say, Pastor, I only have two things. Focus on them too the rest of your life. But you cannot, if you focus on the divisions, all you're going to do is find fault every time. So you have to find where you have connections and stay there. And live there. And keep asking God right where you are. You got to stay on the connections. Number four, hold on to, come on, hold on to, one more time, hold on to, and let go of. In every area of your life. You hope for great things to happen, and you pray and you ask God. Why is it that when it comes to your marriage, you don't want to hold on and hope that it will get better tomorrow? It's the only way you get there. It will get better tomorrow. We, we throw in the towel too much. Listen to this. 80% of teenagers today, somebody say 80. 80% teenagers say, say they, the, the, the um, University of Chicago says, they will not just get married. They live together. They're going to do everything else. Why? Why? Because of what they saw in our lives. Why is it the same in the church? Because we took their love and tried to apply it to something holy that God created for us. The last one. It says, hold on to faith and let go of what you see. Last time, hold on to and let go of his faith. Acting like it is so even though it's not so, until it becomes so. God says, I want you to act like it is the way I have created it to be, even though it's not there right now, but you're praying that it will one day become yeah. so. You say you're in the, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You say you're in the faith business, being a child of God, then then crave and beg God by faith to ask him to do the impossible. Quit being defeated and say to the devil, you're right, Satan. They will never get better. And start exercising the faith that God has given you to get there. Uh, my dad, my dad, um, my mom this week turned 84 years old. My dad is 87 years old. So I'm talking to them this week and I said, hey, 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 pops. Um, man, you really getting old, don't you? And he said, he said, he said, yes, son. And I said, dad. You've been married now over 60 years. For real, dog. What? How, how you? How you dog? I'm only 20-something now. I, I mean, how you, uh, how you do this thing, man? Here's his answer. He says, son, well, the truth of the matter is, all I do is get up every day and praise God. Listen, listen now. All I do is get up every day and I praise God that I get to love her. That I get to love her one more day. So then, so then he says, he thinks he's so funny. Then he says, now son, I might not have a lot of days left. But the ones I got, I'm going to love her every day. I said, so what happened if she don't love you back? He says, I didn't make a commitment to her first. I made one to God. And that's who I'm going to see when I die. So I'm going to do my best to always tell my heart, you get to love her one more day. When you came in here, I'm closing with this. When you came in here today, you all got one of these, didn't you? Didn't you all get one of these? Did everybody get one? Everybody didn't get one of these? Yeah. Ladies, you got one that says, am I loved? Men, you got one that says, Am I good enough? Listen to me. Listen to me. These are invisible signs your spouse wears every day of the week. Here's how you know you quite quit. When you stop, mister, affirming how much you love her every day, you have quiet quit. Let me say that again. She's wearing this sign every single day. She says, am I loved? God sent you to this house 
to remind her that not only is she loved by you every day, she's loved by him every day. And it's your assignment, man, to remind her every day how much you love her and how blessed you are that you get to be a part of her life. Yeah. Fellas, every day you wear this. And ladies, you get to remind him. It's invisible. He don't wear it so you can see it. But he's crying. The question is crying out in his heart. Here's the question. Am I good enough? When I go to work today, am I going to make it? Am I going to crush it today when I go to work? And ladies, your job is to remind him every day. Baby, let me tell you something. Ain't nobody out there better than you. And I am honored that I get to be your cheerleader every day you wake up to tell you how much I'm proud of you and that you are better than good. Not only to me, not only to this family, but to this entire world. Every day you wear. And the question is, will you affirm what God has called each other to do? Or will you partner with the enemy and tear each other down? The choice is yours daily. Uh, hey, guys, can you close that door for me? I don't like the fact that I get so much. Close those doors. Never, ever, ever leave them open during church. It's bothering me. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in a world where it's so easy, for us to just walk away. You've asked us to march to a different drumbeat. Thank you, God, that you didn't leave us without a drumbeat. You gave a drumbeat to us to, in the form of your son to teach us how we should love like he loves. Will you empower us afresh? Reminding each and every one of us that we, that we do our very best to give all we can and expect nothing. Would he teach us? God, some of us never saw never seen him before. We don't even know how to do it. We didn't grow up in families that do it. Will you help us be the trailblazers and start loving like only you can? And you gave everything. Expected very little in return. Teach us how to do that, will you? As we try to love the ones you've called us to love. Thanks for the opportunity. As my dad said. Thanks for the fact that we get to do it every single day. Pray this in your son's name. And everybody said.